ain't as badass as this song But here we go Yes I'm on episode 3 I believe Uh, I'm trying to keep this thing going I'm trying to be better uh, Just in general So this is kind of I've always again wanted to do a podcast of my own But I always felt I needed another person Um, And I do (laughs) I'd be much funnier with another person uh, I feel, but nonetheless, I uh, wanted to challenge myself, and this is me sticking to something because I've always given up a lot, and I don't want to do that anymore. But you're listening to the Daniel Gutierrez Show. I am your host, Daniel Gutierrez. I am at dgutierrez84 on Twitter. But if you want to email me, it's the Daniel Gutierrez Show at gmail.com, or if you want to even send me a Skype voicemail or video message or whatever, it's uh, you can use that same email. Search for it through Skype and you can send me something on there. Um, do I have it on all the time? No, because uh, I mostly get spam calls. By the way, I signed up for, I was forced to sign into some other messaging service on um, through work and they asked me for my phone number. I'm sick and tired of these these apps asking for my phone number. Now, I understand it gives me a unique idea and whatever, but uh, wherever you can, guys, use a Gmail number, use a Google Voice number and just because right away I had never I had this Google voice number for about two years finally used it on something that I felt I needed to use it for and I was friggin right because um, right away I got a bunch of uh, junk texts junk calls right away I'll, it's it's getting annoying um, I'm done with the junk anything I want somebody to somewhere actually do their job and stop them from calling me stop them from sending me messages stop them from confusing me basically um emails are fine i'm just used to junk mail you could send me junk email we all have that junk email and even if we have the professional email we still get junk email nothing we can do about that uh but anyways so far nobody has not written me and that's probably because you haven't heard of it heard this uh yet i have not been pushing it too too much so those of you who are listening thank you let me know that you're listening just say what's up it's probably just a few of you guys but um, let me just catch up a little bit what I've been doing lately. Uh, first, I've been watching The Office uh, for the first time officially in order. Uh, prior to prior to this, I didn't really watch The Office, and it's not because I didn't want to see The Office. In fact, a huge fan of Steve Carell, huge fan of The English Office. I have seen that one, and I actually own it. But it just it was difficult at the time for me to watch it and by the time i was going to hop in there were no such thing as full on box sets and dvds or or anywhere to stream it but um and then it just kind of got away from me but i decided to go back and and definitely dive in and of course i've been loving it of course it's great of course it's still good um ironically enough even though i was not somebody who uh watched it i was in an episode, technically. That's right. It's one of Daniel's Hollywood stories. <laughs> um, so I, I used to do, uh, when I was in going to film school here, I lived here my whole life. So I, I hadn't, I'm not kind of new to movie sets because when you grow up around here, even if you don't mean to, eventually you walk onto a set of some sort uh, in your lifetime, in your lifetime. It's not every day. It's not like how you see it in the movies where people are constantly on the streets filming all that stuff. It, it was never really like that for me growing up. But at some point, you will accidentally walk into something or be asked to do something by a friend, a friend of a friend, so on and so forth. But uh, when I was going to film school, I also wanted to learn what it was like to be on the back end of the set, 
you know, I had been in front of the camera for a little bit, uh, and I learned that aspect, and that I knew was not the the case. So I wanted to see what it was like to be behind the camera and and work. So I did extra work. I did background. They like to be called background actors. I personally did not care. I had no ego about it. I knew what this is for, and it's not like I didn't like being uh, an extra. I I liked it enough. It just doesn't it just doesn't pay too well. Um, at least not enough for you to suffice. And I wish it did on a daily basis. Um, but you know, people are greedy. Uh, and also maybe they just honestly didn't have the budget. I don't know. I can't blame them, but, uh, I wish it paid better. And so my promise is when I do have stuff like that, I want to make sure every extra is paid the most I can pay them reasonably. Cause the other half is it's also legitimately very easy work. All you're doing as, as a background extra all day long is you're sitting down for like 10 hours of the day and you're there for 12 for whatever reason uh, and then two hours out of those 10 hours you're probably working now it, i am exaggerating but but i'm not also like a majority of your work is just going to be sitting down waiting for somebody to tell you okay now we're ready and why they have you there all day I still don't know. I've worked on production since then, and the timing of it does just doesn't make sense. Now I do know that you have to have uh, you're paying for them for you're paying for background for a minimum of hours anyways. You're paying extras, like usually about eight hours minimum. Uh, so you kind of have them there just in case you need them. But then there's still overtime, and I've been on sets where I was there for literally ten hours. They only had to pay me for eight. I was there for ten hours, and then they finally used me for the back two which was insanity, but I've had nightmare stories, uh, which I can continue to go through, but this one was actually probably my best time ever being a background uh, actor, extra, whatever you want to call me. Um, I was about to, uh, actually, I was, yeah, this was one of my first times being a background act, uh, actor, and um, the 40-year-old virgin had just came out. The office was in the middle of shooting its second season. And it was also Steve Carell's birthday. And I just so happened to be on the set that day. They were doing a Chili's episode. I believe it's season two, episode eight, from what I remember was episode eight or something. It was the Chili's episode where, where Tim Meadows was also a guest star. So I was one of the patrons in the Chili's. You cannot see me. You will never see me. I don't even think I saw myself because it was really, it would have just been my elbow. But anyways, I was still on the set all day long. And I am a huge fan of SNL very big fan love it um and tim meadows was there obviously tim meadows at the time the longest running actor on snl probably one of the most missed of of the of that group currently kenan thompson is still there and, and and he's still working his thing but anyways um and and he's also the longest now but uh man it was it was amazing steve carell i had already loved from the 40 year old virgin obviously but he was on the Daily Show for the longest time, and he was amazing on The Daily Show, and he had also done a few bit parts here and there, uh, Anchorman being one of them. Of course, I, I I was a huge fan of his. Um, also, Mindy Kaling and B.J. Novak were there. I didn't realize at the, at the time that they were writers and basically producers on the show, so I guess they were just always there. They weren't even, I don't think they were even in the uh, in the scene at all, or, or even needed that day, but B.J. Novak and, and Mindy Kaling had been there. So, B.J., I think, has a huge connection into Hollywood. Even though he's an, uh, you see him rarely as an actor. I think he's been doing a lot of stuff for a while because he's a, he's, he was, he didn't just break out in the office. I'll tell you that. Um, but he's, 
everybody seemed like a very, very, they were all really nice. So anyway, so it was Steve Carell's birthday. He just got, um, he just had the number one weekend in the box office with the 40 year old virgin. And, uh, and he was just announced to be the first host of SNL for their, their brand new HD format. That's how long ago this was. It was probably like 2004 or something like that. So about 15 years ago. Um, Oh my God, if it was 15 years ago, that's so sad. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, so what ended up happening was, uh, the scene broke. Um, and Tim Meadows had said, I got to pee in the, in the scene, um, was Tim Meadows, Steve Carell, and I'm forgetting the woman, but the woman who eventually plays Steve Carell's, uh, girlfriend. And I think eventual wife, I haven't gotten there yet, but I think they end up getting married. Um, and Tim Meadows said, I got to pee. They cut, they let everybody go. And I was just thinking to myself, you know what? Uh, maybe I should use the restroom. I thought Tim Meadows was joking, but I went to the restroom and I just, uh, you know, urinal etiquette is you take the next one over unless you're in, unless, unless there's no other, you have to basically leave a urinal gap. And if you, uh, if there is no available one, then you take the middle one. Well, there was, I didn't realize it was Tim Meadows, but Tim Meadows was there. Somebody else was on the third one. And so I had to take the middle and I just so happened to look up and Tim Meadows is about to leave. I'm like, Oh my God, he really did have to pee. And he's like, yeah, man. And then to my right was Steve Carell. So I was peeing in between Tim Meadows and Steve Carell that set the weirdness stage. And I'll tell you why, because they immediately let us go for lunch. And I was basically last in line, but I still let Steve Carell cut in front of me because he was being really cool and just kind of checking out whatever uh, for food. One of the benefits of going to of, of doing background work, you sometimes get very delicious food. The Office was one of those was one of those cases, and it was catered and everything. So I let him cut in front of me in line. He got his food, but then he went back to where we sit. It's called holding. Um, holding just so just so happened to also be where everybody went to go eat, and Steve Carell sat in my seat. My stuff was underneath his seat. I think he thought I was like stalking him this entire time. I have not seen him since. He has not spoken to me, um, but I wasn't expecting that to happen anyways. Um, but it was a magical, magical time because at his table was BJ Novak, Mindy Kaling, and Tim Meadows. Now, basically the first question, again, I'm a huge SNL fan. So the first question out of BJ Novak's mouth was to Tim, was like so do you oh no sorry was to steve and he's like congrats steve on your on your hosting gig and then i heard him say yeah i had auditioned to be on snl when i was younger but i was beat out by will ferrell that was one piece of information that i was like oh my god insider information snl and then uh bj asked tim if he has any tips for him and then he had also mentioned that mindy was going to audition and if she if he had any tips for her I was just listening to basically the one man you wanted to listen to in regards to how to get on SNL and what to do and so on and so forth. And it was just amazing. Tim, all smiles, by the way. And he wasn't talking to me. He was. I was just listening uh, because I was an eavesdropper that day. But it was really cool to see him all smiles talking to these three very talented people about they're about something that they were about to embark on and it was just amazing he had tips for everybody and it was just so cool hearing the whole process hearing everything hearing how lauren michaels thinks um so someday 
I don't. I no longer want to be on the show. I would like to host someday. That would be that sounds like fun, but I don't think I could be on the show, especially now. Uh, as political as I can get, that's still too political for me. It's way too much. But uh, that is me and the office. Um, also, I'm trying to be a little bit healthier. I'm certain we all are. And I uh, I started to eat at Chipotle a little bit more. But now I'm just questioning, is it even healthier? I get a burrito bowl and that thing's the size of twins. It's insane. It's huge. And I don't just like, oh, just some beans, some rice and some meat and maybe a little salsa. I get like everything. I'm the guy where if you give me a choice in toppings, I max out. I max out to the limit, to the highest possible limit without going over as I possibly can. I don't get like if it costs me extra, I don't add it. Um, I'm at a point in my life where where I'm striving to someday be avocado rich. Avocado rich means if somebody asks me if I want avocado on my on my food, I don't even have to look at my wallet. I can just say yes. That's how rich I want to be. <laughs> That's a goal in life now for me. But I put everything on the Chipotle uh, bowl. There's no way that it can be healthier than anything else that I've eaten, um, at least calorie-wise. I will say probably great because I'm getting some vegetables in me. Not a lot, <laughs> but a few. Um, so that that right off the bat is better, but whew, the amount that Chipotle can put in, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, I feel bad for them, though. I love Chipotle, but I feel real bad. They've been getting a big, bad rap this entire time just because of... All of the things that they've been, uh, all the times that they've had like salmonella, they've had a shut down for whatever reason. They had people are getting sick. It got, it got, I mean, this is how bad I am though. Like, I'm really bad. Unless it immediately affects me, I'll still keep going. So I feel real bad. Now I'm trying to listen up. Like, politically, I'll stop going to places for political reasons, right? Like, I haven't gone to Chick fil A since that whole situation where they were funding, uh, you know, those camps that were trying to, uh, scare the gay away or whatever i don't know but anyways um and now i'm starting to do a little bit more things where i'm staying away but um if like they have a if they have a reputation for being just completely awful uh in terms of ingredients in terms of health and so i'm like yeah it's delicious though i still go i should i really should stop but uh chipotle until you make me sick i will be a loyal customer and i will be gaining your points i don't even know if you guys have a point system i should probably check into that um i know a point local does and i have now started to get some point local points none of these people are paying me by the way because nobody's because <laughs> nobody's listening but still um i would like to i would like to let them know that i'm open to options sure but now time to let you know what i read in the headlines oh, stop the pressures <gasps> All right. Thank you, Homer. All right. So here we go. Uh, This one I heard actually today. There was an airport security guard who was fired after handing a note to a passenger that just simply said, you ugly. (laughs) That was it. Just a note that said you ugly. For uh, it, it was written on a piece of cardboard similar to like a tissue box. So I'm wondering if it was like the glove box or something because you know how they work. Those latex gloves might have been that. And in fact, the passenger was walking away. The passenger had gone through security already and the employee called them back just to hand them this note. 
Now, you got to wonder what the hell's going on inside this person's mind. I'm glad they are no longer working there because clearly they didn't want to be there or they shouldn't have been there. Because I have a hard time believing that the passenger was a complete angel prior to this. So I have, I just, I felt like this passenger may have been a pain in the butt to the point where this person no longer cared for their job. That's what I imagine happening, but I can't tell you for certain. This person just could have been an idiot. So, um, no, the second, like the fact that this person was probably upset for me, I get it. I get it. Um, I've worked in customer service and if you've worked in customer service, you know, people are assholes just in general. People are assholes. Uh, I've dealt with so many awful people just demanding things of me, berating me for no reason. Listen, we, if you haven't worked customer service, you're probably an asshole, but those of you who are already rude and have worked customer service at one point, you know the deal. The lower one has no power. They in zero way can do anything for you. You have to just, just go straight to the manager. Just say, can I please talk to your manager? That's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the business is always correct because, in fact, they are most likely not. But what I am saying is you know that they have no power to change whatever happened immediately. If they do, they will do it right away. If you point it out to them, if it's something, you know, simple, cool, yeah, point it out to them. And if they can change it, they will. If they can't change it, then they should offer the manager. But if they don't, just ask for the manager. Ask right away. Don't even get down to it. Now, if for some reason you really feel that employee was just a douche, go right ahead. There are times when I've seen that too. But you, it's a judgment call per person, you know, and especially at the airport. Oh, my God. I can imagine what, what's going on. Um, I mean, they're just doing their job. They suck at their job. All of them suck at their job, but they're just doing it. Uh, I wish they had people who didn't suck at it or at least who worked faster than the fucking tortoise. Um, I understand slow and steady gets raced, but slow and steady also misses a flight. We almost missed a flight back from London once because of just stupidity by these people um but i'm glad that person's gone and i really hope that 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 person uh finds the job that they love which probably won't be customer service at all dick sporting goods is uh considering whether or not to sell guns in their stores now personally i'm not a fan of guns i actually truly love the system that's in australia it's a really great well done system that still allows people to buy guns but forces the responsibility and i think that's i think that's a great compromise is the forced responsibility i don't think any good gun owner would be upset with this as an idea um so they have great steps to make sure that it's i mean it there's give and take obviously but i think australia's pretty much got it so with that being said I don't see a reason why they should stop selling guns. It's. I hope they want to do it. It's because it's not for political reasons. I don't think it's for political reasons. But we'll get to that in a moment. It's. It's just, you know, why wouldn't they sell them? It's legal for them to sell them until it becomes illegal. Then that's when you should stop selling them. But the only reason they should like. Could you imagine if they actually did stop selling their guns? Like they're that's their user base. That's their that's their probably some of their bread and butter. Not in California, maybe, but like everywhere else, I'm certain. 
um, that's your bread and butter. Uh, you can imagine not selling the guns. Imagine the backlash that they would receive. That's insanity. I'm wondering if they're just doing this as some sort of political marketing ploy. Because if they say out loud, oh, we're considering not selling guns, that'll do two things. It'll cause the gun owners to revolt and start buying a lot of guns so they can uh, to either buy a lot of guns or uh, to boycott dicks. And then they can kind of see what the, what the damage would be at that point. And it would also cause the left or those who are against gun ownership, which is not always just the left, but uh, it would cause those who are against gun owner, uh, gun guns being sold um, to go and support. But I honestly don't know how much support. I don't see a lot of people who don't like guns, you know, going fishing <laughs> uh, or doing other things that where they get maybe exercise for sure. Absolutely. Like sports, you know, the, we always need basketballs. We always need exercise mats and all that stuff. So maybe that'll boost those sales, but I don't, I mean, I'm assuming guns are a good profit. There's a reason why they're still around. Um, in zero way, the only way that they would be absolutely being able to, uh, um, the only reason why they would absolutely want to do this is because they're being forced to. All right. That's the only reason. If, if if the government comes out and says, okay, you can't sell guns anymore, then they would stop. Because for them to make you think that it's about the political climate, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Krabs? I don't care about the children. I just care about their parents' money. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I would assume that that's what, exactly what Dix would be saying right now. Um, okay, moving on to the next story. Hurricanes are leading to more aggressive spiders. I'm going to say that again. Hurricanes are leading to more aggressive spiders. And I really have nothing else to say beyond that story other than to make those of you who are out there or who are afraid of spiders and live in hurricane environment just freaked out a little bit more. Uh, listen, you don't need to warn me that spider uh, of spider aggression increasing or decreasing, to be honest, because I, I'm not afraid of them. But trust me, if I see a spider, I'm assuming it's already trying to be aggressive with me. I'm assuming it's already trying to bite me unless it just is walking away. If it's walking away, it's going in the correct direction. That's fine. And, and you know, if I see them, I'm going to take action. I'm going to take action. Now, for the most part, that action is actually taking them outside. And that's where my no fear of spiders is beneficial because I love spiders outside. I love them right outside my door, right outside my window. They are spider bros. They basically just kind of stop the crappy bugs. There's a lot more crappy bugs outside trying to get you, trying to bite you, that do bite you, than the spiders. Um, so let them outside and let them protect you. Set up a net of protection. I, also, I honestly also don't know how long spiders live for, but I swear it's been the same two spiders right outside my window for like three years. Um, or they just... it's. Or they know it's like rent control or something. They're just passing it on to the next owner. I don't know. But they're, they've been there for a while now. A huge long time. So, And also, for those of you who are afraid of spiders and have that, that mentality of, Dear God, burn the house down! Every time you see one, just calm down. Calm down. You know, mainly calm down because I've never actually seen any of you who are really afraid of spiders successfully kill a spider. Not one. Never. We all know someone out there that's like who's really fucked themselves up just trying to kill a spider 
and they were freaking out. Like my favorite, my favorite thing, and you've all seen this, is when your friend who's afraid of spiders smacks themselves in the face real hard because they felt something. <laughs> Just because they felt something. I mean, granted, if you lose that fear, I'm going to lose that, that joy in my life to watch you smack yourself in the face. But I'd rather that you not smack yourself in the face. Now, all in all, my advice to you is you and the spider aren't friends to begin with. So calm down when deciding what you want to do. You either kill it or you take it outside. Now, I'm not one of those who is condoning you to kill it. I, in fact, I would love for you to take it outside. But listen, it's fight or flight. I don't want you smacking yourself in the face. All right. Now, on the other hand, moving on to the next story. Sometimes I'm okay with the freak out. Here's this. In Harrington Park, New Jersey, a woman was relaxing in her backyard, had her feet up. She was just enjoying the day. When suddenly something fell from the sky. Was it a bird? Was it a plane? No, no, no. It was a bloody clown doll. And not just any clown, by the way. It was Pennywise, the clown that you do not want to mess with, the one from It. For those of you who don't know that clown's name is Pennywise. Anyways, um, now I do love the movie It. That movie It was uh, the first scary movie that was too intriguing for me to look away from. I had to watch everything, and that's when you know it's a great movie, just in general. And it really wasn't a movie. It was a made-for-TV miniseries, and it, I hope it won a lot of Emmys because damn it was really cool um so i'm a huge huge fan the last new movie was absolutely amazing and i'm i can't wait for the second one but with that being said uh this woman she said she can't think of any reason or any way this doll could have landed in her yard first out they live way out in the boonies of new jersey and they're surrounded by these giant trees so you can't just like and and she said when it fell, it came in from above the trees. So you can't just easily throw this doll up there, supposedly. All right. And she only has one neighbor. And at that time, the neighbor wasn't home. So she sounds like she seems like a logical person. She, she, tried, to, she tried to check every single possibility. Uh, I, you know, if her trees are really that big, then you know what? Uh, I, you know, I, I commend her for her due diligence on, on trying to figure it out. So... Since she is logical, the only logical thing to do from this point forward was to burn the doll to ashes. And that is exactly what she did. You know, it, it does still leave the, the, you know, the main reason why she burned that doll is because she, uh, uh, who, what would you do? I can't, I, I would have burnt it real fast, real fast. Now, I wouldn't be scared of the doll itself, but I would have been scared in that situation. She had children, poor thing, yeah. Burn the doll. Make sure they see it. Make sure it's dead. You know? Um, it still leaves a question. You know, how did the doll get there? And I really, truly want to think that this was... This poor woman was targeted by the marketing movie for it. <laughs> like, the marketing for the company. Like, I want I wanted to feel like they did research on, like, who they could they could find who was completely, completely isolated and found a way to get like a drone to just quickly fly by and toss down a bloody it doll. I really want to know that that's what happened, but um, I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. Otherwise, they're geniuses and I would have hired them in a heartbeat. Uh, it just kind of seems like the only other explanation right now is uh, demons. So there you go. 
All right. That was the headlines, everybody. Now, I want to get into uh, every single time I do one of these things, I kind of want to uh, answer a question. Not a question from you guys per se, but it's a question that that we know somebody's asked because it's under the Google autocomplete. So with that being said, I want to introduce you to finish it, Google. Google it! Google it! Google it! All right, thank you, Mr. John Oliver. And if you guys haven't seen this latest uh, episode of Last Week Tonight, definitely check it out. It's about how doctors treat women and treat women who are minorities and treat minorities. It is insane, and I can see how... and. I can't say that I haven't been on the tail end of that either. I just didn't realize how bad it was. Um, so, man, definitely check it out. But uh, this week's Finish It Google question. Why does my dog eat grass? Seems like a pretty common question, not going to lie. I could understand why people Google it. Not a whole lot, but but that's what, that's, what, uh, that's what came up. So why does my dog eat grass? And it turns out, very simple answer, nobody really knows why. But the good thing is, and if you've had a dog out there, you've they've eaten grass. I'm certain. If you had a dog that didn't eat grass, I'd be. I want to hear from you. Just to say, say, uh, my dog didn't eat grass, and then I'm going to ask you, were you in a place where he could eat grass or she could eat grass, whatever kind of dog you had? Because the only time I can't think of you, your dog, not eating grass would be if you were living in an apartment surrounded by nothing but cement for the next three, four miles. Then, which is highly possible, highly possible. Then. I could believe that you, uh, your dog did not eat grass. Other than that, your dog eats grass. I promise you. Um, so the good thing about that is it's not necessarily bad. It's not. It's not a bad thing. Nobody, no dog will die from it. Um, there's a few theories on why this happens, though. Uh, the first one is that your dog is a puppy. Puppies eat everything. I mean, they eat everything. They're like babies, but dogs. You know. So that's that's what a puppy is. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, puppies eat everything, so that's fine. One of those things is probably going to be grass. Uh, if your dog is not a puppy, which is I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's what you're what we're referring to, uh, it could just be that your dog's br- brain is telling itself that it needs a change in diet of some sort because it's lacking some sort of nutrient. Now, some e- experts believe that. A dog wouldn't be smart enough to know to change its diet like that, uh, but I'm not sure. You know, I think most animals are instinctually smarter than humans and know when they need to eat something and how much to eat and what to eat. Um, or maybe just not what to eat, and that's probably due to the humans messing around uh, with the environment. You know, sometimes you you wouldn't drink a thing of water because you know what's in it, but the dog dog didn't go to science class, so there you go. Um, but then again. I will say if I leave a plate of food on the table and it's out and the dog's in the house, uh, that, that plate's gone immediately. So maybe they don't exactly know when to eat and how much to eat, but but they're pretty smart nonetheless. Uh, so that's it's possible. I think it's possible. Um, and the other another thing is just because just cause it wants to. I mean, this is most likely the reason why your dog's eating grass. Again, it is, it, this isn't bad for the dog, assuming you don't put any crazy chemicals on your grass. And if you are like... What the fuck? Why? Your, your dog's eating the grass. <laughs> Stop. Um, I mean, your dog doesn't wipe its butt on your plate before you eat, right? So don't. What, there's no need for those chemicals, uh, at least the ones that harm the dog. I am not a grasser. I don't know even know what the scientific term is. 
but I uh, can't tell you what chemicals to not put on it. But if it's a chemical that harms your dog, stop it. Maybe get another one or nothing at all, please. I don't want anything in our in our uh, in our soil anymore. So nonetheless, it's okay to let your dog eat the grass unless that's all it's eating. Then you absolutely may want to consult a vet. Um, I'll say this though. The poops are definitely going to be interesting. Uh, when I was a kid, my dog once ate a tennis ball. This is why I figured it's okay for the dog to eat grass, by the way, because I've seen dogs eat things that are not grass that, that just make me go, what? Uh, so my dog once ate a tennis ball. I didn't see the dog actually eat the tennis ball. Um, it was just one of the balls that we left outside and the dog got it, ate the whole thing. We didn't realize it until a few days later because what came out was a tennis poop. And I love it. It was actually fascinating. It fascinated me for about three days. And you want to know why? Because we didn't have internet videos. All we could do was look at weird shits your pets did back then. Plus cable TV. And to be honest, cable TV wasn't much better than looking at interesting dog shits. Um, but... Keep an eye on your dog. Make sure they're okay. Make sure it's not just grass that they're eating, that they're eating all, all the other food. Um, because then things should be just fine. All right, everybody. Thank you so much once again for listening to me uh, on the Daniel Gutierrez Show. Again, you can follow me at dgutierrez84 on Twitter. Say hi. You can even email me, the Daniel Gutierrez Show at gmail.com. You can send a voice message there. Uh, I will be happy to check it out. Um, so please come back soon. 